Okay, good morning. My name is Julia. A uh, special welcome to our guests today. Uh, it's my pleasure to read to you from the Bible. This morning's reading is from Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Please keep your Bibles open there at uh, Matthew chapter 9. That'd be really good. If you haven't got a Bible with you today, that's all right. I'm going to pop some things on the screen uh, as well. It's a big day today for Jack and George. They've been baptised. How good is that? It's a big day for our church too, as we're uh, very close to our relaunch in our AGM. Easter coming. It's exciting times in our church. Uh, I'm going to pray now that God will help us to focus on his word and understand what it means. Um, and I'll ask you to join me in prayer. Loving Father and Almighty God, we thank you so much for the gospel of grace uh, to us all, to Jack and George. Lord, we thank you for Jesus who came, who taught, who healed, who died on our behalf and rose again. And Lord, we ask that we might be compelled uh, by your grace to us through him to share the gospel with everyone we know and anyone we can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm so glad you could join us here this morning, friends of, uh, family friends of Jack. It's great that you're here this morning, and I trust it'll be encouraging to you this morning. And we're going to briefly have a look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. We've been working through uh, Matthew 8 to 10, which has been really encouraging. We've seen Jesus going around the countryside, teaching about, Je- teaching about God, and also healing people, miraculously healing the blind man, uh, blind men. Uh, he raised a child from the dead. He healed a paralytic. He's been healing hundreds of people. We only hear a few stories uh, um, spelled out for us in the Bible. Um, I want to give you a kind of a bit of a picture of what's been happening. And I want to say to you that although lots has changed in 2,000 years, some things have not changed. And in many ways, human beings have not changed uh, in 2,000 years. Jesus, the Son of God, truly God himself, came to earth 2,000 years ago and he did it for a specific purpose that he explains to us in this very small but very profound section of God's word to us explained by the Apostle Matthew. He's travelling around, he's teaching people about God, healing the sick, casting out demons, even raising the dead. It's not surprising, is it? that he's got a great following of people. Could you imagine if there was a guy in Sydney walking around, healing people miraculously, casting out demons, raising people from the dead? I, I don't know about you, I'd want to see. I'd want to go and see this guy and see what he was doing for myself firsthand. So there's this large crowd of people who are following. And as he looks upon the crowds, when he saw the crowds... 
He describes the crowds in this unusual way, I think. He describes them as harassed and helpless. These people have travelled miles. How are they helpless? They're so excited to see Jesus. How are they harassed? Harassed and helpless is how he describes these people, like sheep without a shepherd. I wonder, do you feel harassed or helpless here this morning? I'm thinking you probably don't feel harassed or helpless. When we see the word harassed, I think we tend to think of the kind of creepy guy at work who's being pretty inappropriate with the ladies at work. That's harassed, right? That's kind of what springs to mind. Um, But what Jesus means by harassed here is stressed, weighed down with anxiety, exhausted by the pace of life, feeling like a hamster on a hamster wheel, going flat out and getting nowhere, running hard, but you just can't find your way, even easily led astray by false teaching because you're kind of too busy and tired to really focus on what's true and right. That's what harassed means here on the lips of Jesus. I wonder, can you relate to that? Do you feel tired at times, weighed down, stressed, perhaps even despairing at times, despondent, without hope at times in your life? I wonder if you feel harassed. How far under your surface would I have to scratch to find stress or anxiety or disappointment or emotional fatigue, or even despair. And when we read helpless, we kind of think weak and unable to provide for yourself. And I look around the room, I see some big strapping blokes here with this, this morning who I wouldn't want to call helpless to their face. In fact, I'm glad I'm all the way over here. But I'm, I'm about to say we're all helpless here in the room, or Jesus says we're helpless. Because Jesus isn't saying we're helpless physically. Jesus is saying... All the crowds were helpless spiritually, spiritually unable to help themselves, without power, without strength. Without Jesus, we're in a spiritually helpless state. We cannot please God. We cannot reach God. We cannot earn forgiveness from God by our good works. In fact, our wrongdoings mean we stand before God in judgment and helpless to do anything about it. As he looked around and he saw the crowds, he saw people harassed and helpless. And as we look around our community and our world, we see thousands upon thousands of people who are harassed and helpless. That's the situation for everyone in this room who doesn't trust in Jesus. It's a situation for everyone in the world who doesn't trust in Jesus. They're harassed and helpless. Now, you might be a Christian, a follower of Jesus, that's great. You might still be harassed, stressed, weighed down, anxious, but you're not helpless if you have Christ, are you? You have Jesus to uphold you, to comfort you, to give you great hope for the future. Now, I want us to look at Jesus and see what he sees. He, it's interesting there, it's easy to skate over it, As he went around the towns and villages healing people, he says he saw the crowds. Not that he noticed the crowds. He saw, he looked at the crowds. In fact, 
Before Jesus came, our Father in heaven, God Almighty, looked down and saw his people that he created, harassed and helpless. And Jesus left his throne in heaven and became a man in order to do something about our harassed and helpless state. Jesus made the effort. He transcended his divinity and became human, truly God and truly human, to go after his lost sheep and to bring them in to heavenly dwellings. And I wonder, brothers and sisters, as a church, as followers of Jesus, are we willing to do the same? Are we willing to make the effort to look out into our community and our circles that we mix in, our workplaces, our friendship groups, our families? Are we willing to make the effort, take the time to look and to see people are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd all around us in our community? I think COVID caused us as a church and as a community to turn inward in many ways, self-protective, and that was good and right to a great extent. But we seem to be really winning the fight, in Australia at least, against COVID. And now is the time for us as a church to look outwards again, to see the community around us who is harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. We need to reconnect with our community the name change is coming through today at the AGM. We are ready, we're poised, we're on the runway ready to take off as a church to reach our community with the gospel. I was chatting to the principal, Lisa Whitfield, on Friday afternoon. I said to her, I've got a crazy idea. She said, awesome, I like crazy ideas. What's a crazy idea? I said, I want to put on a community movie night, outdoor cinema, for the school, for our church, for the community at large, and I want to do it in the school grounds. What do you think? She said, that sounds like a terrific idea. I love it. We just need to pull it off in two and a half weeks. I said, yeah, I know. It's going to take some effort, but she's keen. She's keen. The principal of this school, this is not particularly normal, friends. The principal of this school is really keen to welcome our church and to work together with our church to reach the school community with the good news of the gospel. It's such a blessing. It's such a grace from God that Lisa is so keen to work along with us. So we've got this great opportunity on Good Friday in two and a half weeks' time to connect with this school community, connect with the families, by God's grace, to connect with the broader community as well. So please, members of the church, and if you live nearby, friends and family of uh, the White family, put it in your diaries. Good Friday night. We're going to have a movie night here with the school. It's not technically official yet but I'm 99% sure uh, everything will be fine in terms of approvals and things with the school and whatnot. Um, I hope to be advertising this by the end of the week. So pencil in your diaries, Good Friday night. If you want to lend a hand that'll be a bonus. We are going to connect with this school through a movie night. It's going to be great. Back to Jesus. Verse 36, he saw the crowds, he looked, he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus has compassion. He cares about you. He cares about all people. He has compassion. The word compassion is used eight times in the New Testament and every single time it's used, it's, it's talking about Jesus. It's describing Jesus, the one who has compassion. Compassion here 
means to care deeply, like down in your guts. You know what I mean? Like that deep care in your stomach, the way you feel about your children, the way you feel about your family, not the way you feel about a footy team necessarily, although some people care a lot about their footy teams. It's the way you care about something that's truly, truly dear to you. You know that sick feeling you get when something you cherish dearly is in danger? About seven years ago, we were camping. Uh, my family and I were camping. My eldest daughter, Kaya, was two years old. Uh, my wife, Lara, and Kaya came into the tent. I was doing something. Lara went to the back of the tent to get changed, and she thought that I was now watching Kaya, and I thought that she was still watching Kaya, and Kaya happily left the tent and went behind the tent and started walking up the street in the caravan park and vanished. And when Lara and I worked out she was gone, we had that feeling in our stomachs that I think many of the parents in the room are having just a little bit right now at the thought of losing their children or the reminder of the time they lost their child. We felt sick to our stomach about this dear person who was now lost and we camped right near the water too. And it's like, ah, has she gone in the water? So we looked in the water, she wasn't there. We looked at a friend of ours brought her back, praise God. She managed to find a friend of ours' cabin of the hundreds of cabins uh, and he brought her back. That's compassion. That deep-seated, sick feeling for something you care deeply about, that's how Jesus feels about these people who are harassed and helpless, lost without him, the good shepherd, the one who longs to lead them and love them and care for them if they would only put their trust in him. And friends, again, that's how we ought to feel for our community who has not yet put their trust in Jesus. That deep-seated, sick feeling for them who are lost, who are harassed and helpless without a shepherd. We ought to feel deep compassion for those in our community and our lives who do not have Jesus as their shepherd and as their Lord and as their saviour. As followers of Jesus, we have Jesus. We have the great shepherd. We're being led into his eternal and glorious kingdom. That is awesome. We need to tell others and draw them in to Jesus' kingdom as well. And this is the perfect time of the year to be doing it, right on top of Easter. This morning we've been reminded about God's grace through baptism and we're being reminded about God's grace through Easter very soon. This is a golden moment to be sharing the gospel. Can I ask you a rhetorical question? Who are you talking to about Jesus at the moment? Which one of your friends or neighbours or colleagues are you endeavouring to talk to about the great news of forgiveness of sins that's on offer to them. I had a great conversation with one of the other dads at soccer training just the other night. We were standing on the sideline. He told me he's really into astronomy. I was like, aha, there's an opening. So who do you think made the universe? Do you think it was God or do you think it was a big bang? And oh, I'm glad you asked. I've gotten really passionate about this. I really think there is a creator God and on we went talking about God and now there's a book that he wants to read and I've got it, so I'm going to give it to him. Who are you sharing the gospel with, friends? Who do you know who's shepherdless, harassed and helpless and in need of a saviour? Who can you connect with? It can be hard, can't it, to make those connections, to hold out the gospel of grace. It can be hard. So how do we do it? Well, Jesus tells us, we'll press on to the last little bit of our passage. 
Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. The problem is not there's no harvest. The problem is there's no harvesters. There's plenty of harvest. We just need people who are willing to go out and bring in the harvest. The workers are few, pitifully few in our community today. So what do we do? We pray. What do you do when you're struggling to share the gospel with your friends? Pray. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Jesus, more than anyone, much more than you, longs to see your friends saved. This community saved and glorifying God in heaven. We need to pray. We need to pray on our own when we're reading the Bible. We need to pray with our spouses for the lost. We need to pray with our kids for those who are helpless and harassed. We need to pray as growth groups and as a church for those we know who don't yet trust in Jesus. There is a Lord of the harvest. The pressure's off us. We're not responsible for the growth of God's kingdom. Jesus is. That's good news. Whew. Pressure's off. But he seeks our cooperation in prayer and in being willing to go. And we must be willing to answer his prayer. Like in Isaiah 6, when God says, who will I send? Isaiah says, pick me, pick me, I'll go. That needs to be us too. When Jesus says, well, who am I going to send out into the harvest field? We need to be willing to go to reach people with the good news about Jesus, the good news that we've declared this morning in the baptism of Jack and George White. As you read on in chapter 10, Jesus sends out his disciples. Some of them he's only just called recently. Matthew's kind of just left his tax collector's booth and Jesus says, right, off you go. Go out into the world and bring people in for me. They must have been a bit surprised, but that's what it is to follow Jesus, to go. It's relatively comfortable, isn't it, to just pray, God, please raise up more workers for the harvest. It's a bit more scary, isn't it, to pray, God, please raise up more workers for the harvest and may I be one of them. Use me however you can to reach the lost. But that's what we want to do. We want to be the answer to our own prayers, don't we? We want to be sharing the gospel. We want to be used by God to see people brought to repentance and faith. That's why, that's what we're on about as followers of Jesus. And I'm going to conclude here. Prayer leads to care and compassion. If you're not having those gospel conversations, if you're not even feeling like having those gospel conversations, you need to pray. Prayer will lead you to care and compassion. When I studied at Moore College, we had these groups of people who get together and pray for particular countries. And I remember one lunchtime when we had our announcements, a guy got up and he's, he invited people to come to the China prayer group. Join us and pray for the country of China, that God will save many, many people there. And then he said, but a word of warning, if you come and join us praying for China, one day you might just find yourself going to China because God will change your heart. God changes our hearts through prayer. God grows our love and our compassion for the lost as we pray. So pray, friends, and God, and see your heart grow 
for this community, for those you know who don't yet trust in Jesus. Friends, if we as a church want to have the wonderful joy of seeing more and more people saved by grace and joining our church, then we must pray. And if we don't long to see more and more people saved and join our church, then the love of God is not in us. John makes that clear in his letters. We must pray. Pray as we've never prayed before. Pray for God to raise up hundreds and thousands of eager workers to share the gospel in the Camden Valley area. The thousands more will be saved. More churches planted in this community. 100,000 people are moving into the MacArthur region in the next 15 years. We need workers. We need churches to share the gospel with those who are harassed and helpless. I most certainly hope and pray the beautiful little Jack and George will grow to be great followers of Jesus, fierce evangelists to their friends and colleagues at school and uni and work and whatever they, wherever they are. I pray they are workers in the harvest field. I pray we all are. And friends, if you feel like you need help and encouragement, as I do in evangelism, join a growth group. In our growth groups, we're going to commit to talking about who we're trying to share the gospel with and praying for one another. Are you struggling to share the gospel? Join a growth group, pray together. Are you struggling to find a person to share the gospel with? Join a growth group, pray for God to put someone in your life to share the gospel with. As I mentioned before, we have a movie night on Good Friday. We've got church on Good Friday. We've got Easter Sunday church and we've got an Easter Monday celebration Monday. We're just going to go out together somewhere nice and hang out. We've got all these opportunities. Can you invite one of your friends along to one or two of these events at Easter time this year? Next term, we're going to be getting out the defibrillator and resurrecting, explaining Christianity from the dead, which we haven't run because of COVID for a long time. So next term... If you want to know who Jesus is and what he's about, if you've got a friend who wants to know who Jesus is and what he's about, bring them along to explaining Christianity. They get a free feed. You get a free feed, bonus, mains, dessert. Bring your friend along. We'll explain to them simply and clearly who Jesus is. They don't have to answer questions. There'll be no pressure on them. If they've got questions, they can ask. Explaining Christianity will be running next term. It's easy to understand. Friends, start praying for opportunities now to invite your friends to church, to invite your friends to EC next term. If you've got any questions about church, about explaining Christianity, any of you, got any questions, please speak to me. Please speak to your good friend who brought you to church this morning. Please fill out the I'm here today little form on the cvac.org.au website. If you've got any questions, I would love to answer them. Let's finish in prayer. Loving Father and Almighty God, we thank you so much for Jesus, our Lord of the harvest. Lord, we know that there are tens of thousands of people in our immediate community who are helpless, who are harassed like sheep without a shepherd. Lord, we pray that you will raise up workers for the harvest field here in Gledswood Hills and Gregory Hills and the Greater Camden Valley and MacArthur region. And God, we pray that you will use us, our church, to love and have compassion on the many thousands of people who don't yet put trust in Jesus, who don't have any real hope for their eternal future. Use us to connect with them. We pray that the events we put on might be a good opportunity for people to come along and check out Jesus 
and discover forgiveness of sins that is on offer from you through him. Lord, we pray that you'll grow our hearts for those we know in our communities who don't yet trust in Jesus, that we might be willing to see them, to have deep-seated compassion for them and share the gospel with them. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue in prayer and Ros is going to lead us. Thanks, Ros. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you care deeply about the world, which is full of those who are harassed and helpless and that do not and that you do not leave us alone in this. Thank you for the compassion that you have shown us in Jesus, who lived and died and rose again, so that we might be restored to right relationship with you. Lord, may we be likewise outward looking and give us eyes to see those who need you. Give us courage to share your word with them. Father, thank you for all the ministries that happen at our church. In particular, we pray for our youth ministries. Thank you for our youth group and youth Bible studies and for their leaders who tirelessly pour out their time and lives to serve our youth. Please continue to strengthen those leaders and grow them in godly maturity that they may love and serve and teach the youth well. I pray also for the youth that you would help them to stand firm in the gospel in a society which is becoming increasingly hostile toward you and your word. Give them courage to witness to their friends and in time, Lord, please save many and bring them to know you as Lord, Saviour, Father and Friend. Lord, thank you for all who serve our community as part of our emergency services. Please continue to sustain them in what has been a very stressful past year, not only managing the difficulties and stress that their jobs entail, but also with the added anxiety that COVID has brought. Help us to support and affirm those known to us who have taken up these careers. Finally, God, we thank you for more theological college. Thank you for their legacy of providing faithful biblical teaching and theological instruction for many years. We pray for those who are, in, who are on staff, coping with the demands of teaching in person and where necessary online. Please give them patience and creativity to do this well. I pray that the students would truly appreciate what they are learning and that they may be equipped for a lifetime of ministry, whether in Sydney, Australia or beyond. We pray that you would send many graduates to areas where there are few Christians or where faithful Bible teachers are lacking, that all your people across Australia and the world would be built up into the knowledge of your saving word. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.